Are you okay? No. Good. There would be something very wrong if you were. People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, And here's your host, Derek McCall. Thank you. This is Derek McCall, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm sorry that I just got this image of Nate as a Muppet running and teaching us near and far with that introduction. <laughs> I, f- I felt him fading in and out of this dimension. You went more sci-fi. I went more childhood. Oh, and yeah. luckily, it all collides here on the Fanboy Planet podcast. Uh, we are podcasting on uh, Thursday, February 19th, 2015, starting at about 8 o'clock. So we're hoping any news that comes out after 930, we are not responsible for uh, on this night. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, as we noted, not much in the way of movies, but a lot of comic stuff, uh, a lot of TV stuff. Um, and I guess February really is the good month for television and um games and games uh we but i'm gonna throw that in comics because it's a game it's a comics related game at which we actually did talk about a little bit but i think the uh we talked about it a couple weeks ago but i don't want to i i want to repeat it because we want it but the other thing is of course i was remiss and let me say who else is here uh we are all podcasting from different places in the universe hence nate phasing in and out of this reality it's like convergence right here and uh, of course there it is our fabulous man in los angeles i'm nate casa and podcast producer manipulating all of this from the safety of his own home deep within the brett cave i'm rick brett snyder i am the podcast producer you don't want but you deserve oh I I need to go back to church. Okay, uh, <laughs> forgive me. I have sinned clearly. So uh, anyway, should we start with the Gallifrey recap so that uh, you know nation yawn? Yeah. Um, I do want to say we last week's podcast, or or to me this week's podcast, because I posted about Tuesday of this week. Um, that uh, last weekend, Rick and I were both at Gallifrey One in Los Angeles. And up front, want to say we did lose one interview, but we are going to get that person back on, uh, which uh, was uh, Scott Tipton. We want to at least give a shout out to that. He rec- we recorded a very fun, well, we thought we recorded a, great a very fun interview. Best interview uh, we Scott. ever did who is probably who I especially appreciated the special effects, but, but uh, he is the writer of star Trek planet of the apes from IDW and boom studios. And uh, so as we know, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be pretty occupied with Cinequest. 
but I did uh, reach out to Scott and we will have him on as a guest within the next few weeks to try to recreate the magic of standing outside in the foyer. I'll bring of in the, the wind noise. <laughs> LAX Marriott. I think that's what it really was. The wind just, you know, kicked it out, yeah. overpowered everything. Um, and yet it was a hot wind because it was Santa Ana's coming in. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about Gallifrey. If you listened last week, we were we were lucky enough to have uh, Dan Starkey, who plays Commander Strax uh, and cool Ian guy. the Elf, and that was a very great experience. Uh, as a convention, um, we were going to talk about how we thought perhaps that, like Comic Con, we are sort of on the crux of a change. This has been a, well, I, I should say, as an adult, I was talking about this with a coworker today, as an adult, I have, don't think that I've ever been to a convention dedicated to one sole property and its spinoffs before. You know, I've never, I, I went to a Star Trek convention when I was 11, and that was it, you know, I, and until I went to Comic-Con again in my 30s. And, and that's very broad. And even when we go to, like, Baycon, the concept is science fiction. And I will grant you that Gallifrey One certainly stretched out to other things as well. But its main focus was, of course, the show that Nate loves, Doctor Who. But to be fair, up here in San Francisco, uh, at Walker Stalker Con two weeks ago, they had Doctor Who guests. So, uh, you know, that, that's they're all kind of crossing over. And I don't know if that's to catch more people that might come. But... I do think that this was was very fun, and yet feeling like there are changes that are on the wind uh, for next year. Did you get that same feeling, Rick? Well, they they announced the changes for next year, and they were basically not relative to the format or location or anything. They're mostly having to do with registration. So I think that okay, Sean Lyons, is, who's the he's the director of uh, of all their their production. Um, he is the heart and soul of Gallifrey One. Basically, said we're not changing anything, and we're we're not going to a bigger hotel. We're not going to, you know, we're still going to try and get the same type of guests, the same kind of uh, multi-tiered uh, programming. So, it, I expect that their attempt is to keep it keep it the same size as it is, and it's it's rough because getting into it is starting to get to be the same kind of lottery as Comic Con was. I mean, it sold it sold out in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, this last year, right? This, it's going to be for this year for this past convention. For this and past convention, the, the, you're right. I don't I, I don't even want to announce when tickets are going to go on yeah, sale for the next. We don't one. need the competition. No, we don't. Yeah, because um, they don't let press in as press. No, you know that's that's the other thing. Maybe that was part of my enjoyment was I paid for this convention. I, I'm damn well going to enjoy being in this convention. Indeed, so. indeed. And yeah. we had some we had some great parties there. Uh, they actually they actually did uh, show. They had a couple of panels that weren't specifically Doctor Who. They had a re- year in review for science fiction in general, a year in review for science fiction movies, and they did a um, screening of the fourth episode of Star Trek Continues, which mm-hmm. I know I've been aware of this, but I've never sat down and watched any of it. And it's just the most amazing recreation of the original TOS Star Trek show. Um, that I've ever seen, from the lighting and music and acting and just perfect. The yeah, I've watched one of their episodes and thought it it was incredible. It's amazing that 
I mean, I'm sure they are spending a lot of money, but nowhere near what the original show actually spent, and they look better. Yeah, they're not the for profit. Show they're, they're they're not for profit. They're not making any money off of it, which I think is part of the the stipulation that they can use the. Well, no, I'm sure that's why Paramount leaves them alone, right? Yeah. But it's it's keeping the flame alive in a different way. And we talked uh, with people uh, from uh, Time Travel TV, yes. uh, and and Big Finish, or at least we attended panels with Big Finish and and got into that, which is doing the audio. And those are the places that are keeping the. F- flames alive and it is very interesting that in england you can do it for profit it's amazing uh big finish has a lot of shows that have gone off the air like blake seven and um uh, the survivors survivors Uh, and they announced the prisoner that they're going to bring that back right right so big finish productions and again those are really really i've got a number of them you picked up a couple have you had a chance to listen to them i picked up more than a couple <laughs> i uh I, I bought um did six you break CDs. your piggy bank no i did not but i did uh i did because there was a great sale going on so uh actually on the way back i listened to um the, the light at the end which was their 50th anniversary uh episode with the with uh, doctors four through eight because they actually can't uh do nine through 12 yet they They don't have the the rights yeah and but they did announce uh this weekend that this past weekend that they have their first spinoff dealing with the doctor who revival in uh kate lethbridge stewart so there'll be a unit spinoff drama in big finish audio so that's pretty exciting for those of us who really care. Uh, <laughs> and I do, because what I listened to, I thought this was really fun. And uh, I, I don't know if, if Rick, you have picked up or heard the, the Tom Baker at 80 interview between Tom Baker and Nicholas Briggs, who voices the Daleks. No, I haven't. Oh, it's ridiculously charming, ridiculously charming. So uh, I listened to that and, and the light at the end. And then, um, you know, uh, that, that kept me from I had intended to listen to our own podcast on the way back up last night and uh, I did not I was too I was too absorbed in the Doctor Who dramas <laughs> so you know that was fun and it's also I, I thought about it as a convention where everyone has this same passion everyone's nice and everyone's there for the same reason and, and Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek was there there was a lot of little spillovers and there was a Women of Young Justice panel Greg Wiseman the creator of Young Justice the animated series and several and gargoyles way back when uh and and the female voiceover artists that had voiced the heroines of young justice were there doing a panel and it's expanding out and And we may pick up a few more guests from our time there i've reached out to a couple of other people i don't want to announce anything because they have not committed they kind of said yeah that'd be fun but only Scott Tipton has actually answered back and said, yes, yes, let's set that, set that up. We so. should also mention there was another fan favorite voice actress there, Chase Masterson, who does uh, Vienna, Vienna Salvatore. Um, and she was just on The Flash. Yeah, and and she was charming. I actually was one of four people who got to lift her up. Um, I saw the photo. Yeah, so and eh. she, she just gushes. She enjoys that, that convention uh, quite a bit. Well, I think she enjoys all conventions. And what I, I was thinking about with, with Chase is that she is she was ahead of her time in terms of understanding how to how should I say capitalize on her fandom. She works conventions very hard, 
And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. She is just so friendly, so there. And my suspicion, really, from the way she talked about it at the big finish audio panel, is she got the job as Vienna, and she's also in The Survivors. Uh, She got those jobs because she basically just charmed everybody at a convention. And with the big finish happened to be there, you know, and made connections. And she kind of, you know, charmed her way into a job that she does a very good job at. But, you know, and I, and I thought about it. I met her at Comic-Con, I think the second or third year I went. And she was really a, a, a star on the rise there. And and she is one of those people who, who whose stardom is based on, you know, fandom. I don't know which is first, the chicken or the egg, but she has a cult following that she really, really is, is good to. And I've, I think a lot of celebrities now are picking up on that, but she was there first. So, you know, very, very wonderful person. And, uh, yeah, saw the photo. You looked happy. I was I had a big, big smile on my face. I know. I know. So. <laughs> uh, one, other, one other noteworthy thing, I keep on flashing on Big Finish because they were such a big presence there. But uh, for, Doc, for Dark Shadows fans, uh, they, do, they right. do a continuation there with a lot of the same actors. And they were the ones to capture the last performance of jonathan freed frid jonathan frid absolutely and that's what's amazing now if you were a doctor who fan tom baker at 80 is playing the fourth doctor in audio dramas and you know that's that's amazing and and he's the one who sounds almost like the way the way he did when he was a much younger man but to tie it back in a way that will wake nate back up is Uh you know marvel last week announced as well that they're doing they're teaming with graphic audio to do dramatizations of the upcoming secret wars and and howard the duck uh the new howard the duck series is going to get a little audio preview from from uh or at least as a rated drama i don't think that's actually through graphic audio but it's interesting to me that uh graphic audio has done a lot of stuff with dc and marvel properties i've reviewed several of them on our show right and i i've listened to a to a couple and enjoyed them and that's and they're it's obviously uh something that an audience hungers for. So it, it, it's interesting to me because I suspect that big finish per capita does much better over in England than it does in America, because I think kind of the concept of the radio drama is much more esoteric. Much more and it, well, it's, it's still present. You know, we, we talked to Dan and he was, he was involved to this day in radio drama. Um, uh, well, Starkey. no, not exactly. I mean, he's, he well, he's, finished uh, stuff. Pardon me. His stage he, show, he does which a sounded stage a lot... show that does does radio drama as part of the uh, conceit, but that's like Thrilling Adventure Hour. Only it's on the stage, right? Uh, you know, exclusively on the stage at this point. I'm so looking forward to the day they crack it to get it onto a podcast or to download because it sounds so fascinatingly funny to me. But again, I'm saying it. it, it even though there are, you know, Thrilling Adventure Hour is certainly growing in popularity, even as it is stopping. Hey, we're doing great. Let's stop. Yeah. The irony, the irony. But it, but it is something that has been more, you know, that it is constantly alive in England. Like, you know, they, they do sketch a like little Britain, uh, Mitchell and Webb, well into the 21st century and still going on. We're just not getting them is mm-hmm. a lot of the TV comedy series that come out of bbc start out as radio shows and then they see if that warrants enough popularity to get it into television yeah it goes back to the goon show and 
Right. You know, so that that tradition is still alive in a way that, you know, where would you go? Except maybe now podcasts and in an egalitarian way, because I think that's what's happening with Thrilling Adventure Hour if Beyond Belief turns to pilot. And this will all come back around to comics. Right. But uh, I think it's important to to point out that these are not necessarily like audiobooks where it's a straight reading of the but they're fully produced with sound sound effects and and the graphic audio stuff does an amazing i actually think oh, the graphic yeah. audio does it a step further than big finish does but um yeah they're they're they are theater in your head kind of things which i much you know i i've been very careful not to get just readings as cool as they are readings of uh, novels, you know, I, I, actual audiobooks that way are not as interesting to me as give me the radio drama, mm-hmm. because at least those feel like they're actually in, in in some sort of weird canon. But let's go to comics, shall we? And let's start with something that will we'll absolutely get uh, Nate in, which is that right off the top, we had talked a few weeks ago about Chew getting a board game, and now you've seen something of it, have you not, Rick? Yeah, uh, there are pictures of it up now on Board Game Geek. So uh, the uh, the game looks uh, looks just like it's all art from the panels, as you'd expect. Uh, the um, the the uh, the box is up there, and they've got a back back box. So this is this is real. Chew cases of the FDA, um, and it the mechanics it uses are not listed yet, so they don't don't know a lot about it. Uh, based on the Eisner awarding winning series by John Lehman and Rob Gullery, Gullery. Gillery. 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 Yeah. Soft you. Um, well, there's two, an I in there. That's what that's what throws it off. Two to five players is playable within thirty in thirty minutes. Players choose cases pulled directly from the pages of the ongoing comic book, and they'll enlist players like John Colby, Amelia Mintz, and even Buttercup Buttercup the Lion, while simulta- simultaneously sending fiendish villains and cultists out to sabotage their rivals' investigations. So, um, there it's supposed to be out this year. They haven't got a, a set date. It's going to be published by IDW Games and Pandarus Games. Uh, yes, which had teamed up for the Kill Shakespeare, which I finally saw a copy of tonight uh, at the at the Elusive Comics and Games, which has now, by the way, just opened up its shop, uh, Isle of Games, across the. Isle of Gamers across the street uh, from there. So, uh, yeah. but they did have. Uh, kill Shakespeare in there. Um, unfortunately, IDW, uh, you know, it, it was so much hype ahead of time. And then when it actually came out, I, I don't feel, uh, like That's we got to, get, to give it the due, the due diligence that we wanted to, you know? So <laughs> I, 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 I may get that and try some night, you know, in, in one of our, as we always talk about, like kind of weird one-off episodes where let's try this and do a different format for a week. And we never have time to do that. Yeah. But, in all good conscience, I want to. I really do. Well, I, think, uh, I think at the very least, uh, Doug Garrett will probably review it, and we can get him in on to talk about it. Well, yeah, no, I'd love to play it with Doug. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. I'd do a, cro- a, a true crossover episode. It sure. would be uh, very fun because we have the comics thing. I have a feeling it'll be much like my problem playing Hero Clicks, in which there's some <laughs> sort of variation. In which I go, that's not the way it works. You know, <laughs> that's not who that character is. You know, <laughs> I'll we, change we, the character somewhere to fit mechanics. So go, no, we should so, uh, we should name check Doug Garrett of Garrett's Games and Geekiness, a podcast going on. I think they're into their closing in the 500th episode 
and uh, and he's been on a couple of times, yes, but it was yes. a long time ago, yeah. and so we you know we we haven't done that. We haven't done a crossover with Dan in way too long, so We're we done. need to do that again. So let's. I'm on his, I'm on his show every uh, couple of months every now. And then. Yeah. So. Well, that's because you're more of a gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I apologize. Yes, Doug. As you know why? Because I was reading on my list here, Dan DiDio, as I was saying, thinking Doug Garrett, and I went. Dan, uh, because Dan DiDio and Jim Lee are at Comics Pro, and I, I so I'll, I'll flip it a little bit here to say Comics Pro is up in uh, Oregon this weekend, or this week rather, which is the which is one of the uh, National Associations of Comics Retailers, uh, which uh, our good friend Carl D'Angelo uh, is part of that organization, and this is also kind of the, I guess the last year of, of Bob Wayne, uh, the marketing guru from mm. DC comics. It's his last hurrah before he retires. Yep. So anyway, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee gave a speech where they talked about it. They said, which I love this with the, with convergence coming, uh, and, and rather the June, whatever they're going to call it, the great 48, uh, that, uh, the best stories become Canon, but they don't really, they're not going to be as hard with continuity as we suspected, but they're saying, you know, if people, uh, you know, hold a story near and dear to their heart, uh, then it becomes canon. And I'd like to say back to Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. Well, of course, I mean, that's, and that's why the wonderful multiverse of DC, when you let it happen is held so near and dear to everybody's hearts. You know, I think it's nice to look at the multiversity titles have been kind of preening us with this uh, attitude too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! And again, did uh, Nate? Did you get the Multiversity Guidebook? No. Well, and it was it? eight. It was eight bucks, and I thought it was going to be like a dull. You know, this is this is the who's who, and I thought I, that's what I really thought it was going to be was a who's who. So I stayed away from it the first week, and then I went back and got it because it turns out to be very story length, very key to the multiversity thing, uh, but also then a guide to some of the worlds. And the way Grant Morrison wrote it is, yes, he set up fifty-two worlds. But he cleverly put that the orrery, if you recall that from uh, Final Crisis, uh, the orrery of the 52 worlds in, in, in these in these dim- dimensions is still just a slice of what's out there. So that any creativity, any idea, any other continuity anybody comes up with has a place. They're not constrained. The, right. He's taken the constraint away, which he tried to before because he, with Mark Wade, was part of Hypertime, too. And, you know, everybody threw, throws Hypertime away, but he kind of snuck that back into multiversity. You should, and You should explain Hypertime because we, we, we talk about that every now and then, but I have a feeling a lot of new readers. Well, that's because if you're, in a, if you're in a good relationship, you're living Hypertime. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was a concept in the, in the 90s uh, put forth in a, in a sequel to the Mark Wade Alex Ross classic Kingdom Come, just called Kingdom, that explained that basically every story that you love or and that is necessary for the understanding of a of a given story everybody wants to tell, that basically all the realities sort of weave in and out of being continuity. Sometimes it's it's necessary, sometimes it's not. And so reality can keep shifting on people uh, characters but basically it was a way for grant morrison and mark wade to say look if you love the story it's canon to you that's okay and then they sort of closed that off because for a while dc wanted to say there is only one reality there's only one earth and of course it's like when john byrne rebooted man of superman as man of steel you know in that miniseries many years ago like you cleaned out the continuity of superman and then you realized all those things that you'd thrown away were really fun they were fun and so they all started sneaking back in (laughs) 
And so in new ways and new versions, but it was still, you know, there was no Supergirl after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then they found a way to create a Supergirl, which reminds me, Rick, I discovered tonight that if you're not going to buy any Convergence, you have to buy one. And that is the Convergence Supergirl the Matrix. So the Peter David version of Supergirl, who was kind of the post-crisis on Infinite Earths one, who was an alternate. It gets too confusing. The one that became the angel uh, <laughs> is, see, it does get weird, uh, is teaming up with uh, Lady Quark from Crisis on Infinite Earths right. and Ambush Bug. <laughs> so I guarantee that there is one title in Convergence. and you only... Are they all aware that they're in a comic book? I don't know. It just says, what do, what do Supergirl, Lady Quark, and Ambush Bug have in common? We don't know either, but they're going to try and figure out. <laughs> it kind of makes sense and, that Lady Quark might. Supergirl's a bit of a stretch unless angels have that kind of thing. Um, Lady Quark in the multiversity, uh, actually Grant Morrison calls her out specifically. As, they, as the heroes of that world were very specifically... Uh, created to be aware of cosmos destroying right. events right. and try to fight them. Right. That's uh, you know, it's not too much of a stretch there to uh, right to, to take it to you know, reality. My favorite description, and I because I just have to call it up because it amused me so much, was the explanation for uh, Earth C. Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew. Yes. Uh, and Captain Carrot is was promised to be very crucial to multiversity, as he was very crucial to Final Crisis. And the description of Earthsea acknowledges that in Final Crisis, Earthsea was destroyed. But because it is a universe in which cartoon physics apply... Oh, God. ...the yeah. entire Earth reformed and everybody bounced back and, and bounced fights back. for justice. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so i love that the cosmic uh, frying pan came down and they were flattened for a little while and they popped back yeah that's shape. pretty much it that's pretty much it so anyway i recommend that uh, you know that's not a what's in the bag because that came out about a month ago but it was a fantastic book and tickled me at no end one interesting thing uh we know that next next week uh uh, or sorry, uh, in a couple of months, uh, Archie Comics, which we haven't talked about in a little while, is going to reboot Archie with a number one issue written by Mark Wade. This seems to be a very Mark Wade heavy episode. Uh, who's also going to be at uh, Meltdown Comics, uh, I believe, at the end of the week, talking about digital comics. And uh, our friends from Made Fire will be there as well, and uh, a couple of other digital, you know, online companies. Uh, because uh, Mark Wade has been running Thrill Bent as well. Uh, so they want to talk about where the future is going to go. We talked about Scribd last week, uh, and now you know Mark Wade and, and other people are going to talk about where it's going on online comics. But anyway, Mark Wade gets to update Archie for 2015. Uh, and they promise to be a, you know the same character you always love, but now with more realistic concerns, blah, 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 blah. And... I don't know if that's an experiment that's going to end because, you know, they tried a few years ago to have like the realistic look Archie um, where they they drew it a little more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they tried to make it look more like real teenagers instead of the very um, stylized character that he had become. Uh, anyway, they're going to end the old series. And I think that there's just been too much of, of Sabrina and Afterlife with Archie with this company because Archie is going to end its classic run with issue number 666. 
Just a coincidence. You know, but they should have just pushed for 667, something. <laughs> 665. Because the Old Testament, you know, 666 was the sign of the Jughead. Chief Creative Officer Roberto Aguirre Sacasa has taken it into a very dark, dark realm <laughs> because we know that, you know, we're going to have Archie versus Predator and all this, but come on, you know. Uh, I mean, although the publicity for the religious right um, boycotting Archie because that's the ending one, um, I guess, you know, or maybe that's they're saying something secretly about Mark Wade. He is the beast. Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, the most exciting comics news for me this week is one that Rick actually put down in the itinerary, and I'd gotten the email today, and I was so excited, that Ultraman uh, is coming to Viz Media, the manga, uh, based on the original television yes, series. Yes, well, That the... is so exciting. I mean, yeah. because I don't know how many Ultras there have been since. Many, but many. I, I, I know there have been many, because I walk into Toy Story. There's Ultraman that... family movie. There's, like... Oh, I have it, and I've watched it in Japanese. Had no idea what was going on, and still cried. So, um, which I think I've probably mentioned. But to actually get, I mean, there was—I can't remember which publisher did it in the '90s. There was one uh, American attempt at it, um, aside from a weird independent comic called Ultra Klutz that made fun of him, but he was clearly still right, Ultraman. Right. And I think that the twelve of us who bought that book. We're the only ones who got it, you know, uh, <laughs> not just literally got the book, but understood what it was making fun of. Um, but there was an Ultraman book. And I, again, I can't remember what publisher, but it was based on the, uh, the Australian, uh, not Tiga, but there was a, there was an Australian co-production yeah. in the late that 80s, was, or early 90s. And that was brought over here in the 90s because Justin was all over that as a kid. And right. We had all the toys. In fact, we still have some of the toys in the garage and. There were two. Um, there, there have been two American series or series shown on American mainstream TV. So there was that one that was syndicated, and there was Ultraman Tiga, which Fox Kids showed for a, ah. a season or two. Um, neither one had the same, you know, to me the goofy charm. But isn't that the way it always is? You know, it's like we talked about Man from Uncle last week. Ultraman feels so much cooler in your memory than when you actually go back and watch an episode, but it's still cool. So to have it uh, updated, but still be the original and with Hayata and everything, that is really cool. So I'm really looking forward to uh, this, you know, every now and then it's like once every couple of years, a manga catches my attention and I have to dip into it. And Ultraman is the one that got it. So good for them. Now would be the time. Nate, give us the theme song for that section. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? All right. Yes, this is the time where we make recommendations based on books, uh, comics that we are actually buying and, and attempting to read ourselves. I say attempting because often we do it before we've actually read them. But books that were notable that we either that we wanted to pick up. So go ahead. Nate, what was in your bag this week? The first item in my bag, which I actually did get a chance to read is Invincible number 117. All right. Shockingly enough, written by Robert Kirkman. I find it not shocking at all. <laughs> good book. Still good book. <laughs> and they, what... uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to move this book, or they already have moved it to a saga-style schedule where it'll be six issues of breaks this issues a break so they can stay on time i think that's that that is the way it should should go 
for everybody from now on. I mean, you know, or at least for a creator like Kirkman, who is so busy. You know, he's busy. Um, well, and they're going to be Walking doubling Dead up. Outcast, yeah. And they're going to be doubling up on Walking Dead again. Oh, soon. Yeah, our most popular writers really don't have time to sleep, do they? No, not at all. Why would they <laughs> do that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, all right, Rick, what was in your bag? Oh, well, the first thing I have is I've been waiting for this for a long time. We have issue number one of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars. That was exactly what I predicted. That's when I said Is that, Rick's going to take mine. Which cover? Of course. Did, which cover did you buy? Uh, I uh, they only had one. Oh, uh, at, at, and so uh, I had the J Bone cover. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, which is basically the the silhouette of them. Uh, of of sparks and croach there were, so, there were three covers one was that one and there was another one where it's kind of like a half of like from the nose down and half half uh the body of sparks uh standing kind of in a cowboy slouch but i picked up the the photo cover copy that has mark gagliardi and mark evan jackson standing um in front of a screen just in suits and uh I'm, I'm they look like they would be giving the lines and what's what's funny about this uh jackson's quite a tall man and his head is cut oh. off on the top of the book by his forehead is gone uh, from forehead oh, to gone um gagliardi is is much a shorter gentleman but uh uh i this i'm very happy that this is uh this is showing shown up on a regular basis and it's the same it's i'm not sure if it's the same artist but it's definitely the same art style as was in the previews and was in the graphic novel so Wahoo. i think j bone did do it in the graphic novel too i'm not i'm not sure i have to dig out my copy i think my favorite part of this by the way is that the letterer the letter artist is uh marshall dillon yes yes <laughs> so uh kids there was a show called gunsmoke originally a radio drama in which the hero was marshall dillon i think i find that very funny yeah um and I, I can vouch, at least as of this uh, podcast, that there are still copies left in Elusive Comics and Games if you uh, need to go in and, and get it. I I can't ima- I mean, I haven't read it yet, but I can't imagine that this is anything less than great. And if you want to stab at all three of the covers, go to Hijinks Comics in Willow Glen, California. Well, now we're competing, uh, you know, well, all right, I'm wherever you go. I'm competing, I'm just saying. <laughs> Neil is a friend, dear. Yeah, so is Anna. So we got to be nice. Uh, yeah. Ah. Oh, and they included zero in the back. That's very cool. Yeah. I I had a notice. I just I just bought these on the on the way home. Yeah, so the, I had picked up the zero issue uh, digitally. Digitally, yeah. I, I I did not. Um. So I'm glad that they they included it for the same prices they, they'll be charging anyway yeah. so uh, i like that so which also we should say in the future there will of course uh, be a beyond belief book as well uh so i made sure that that was added to my pool list because i didn't want to risk running uh missing an issue so great so you should uh, go I'll next and grab a book so i don't have a chance to get it this time go ahead oh no 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 this is part of the game okay uh i will call attention to because we know that the that uh disney xd is going to start at the animated guardians of the galaxy book uh first issue came out to uh yesterday um only you know to specify it's called marvel guardians of the galaxy in your diamond catalog all ages book for 2.99 
and a good preview of what's going to be happening in the uh, on the cartoon. So, uh, you know, because this is going to be the uh, this is the age of the Guardians and and they are they just cannot uh, put them in enough books. Strangely, I feel this way, even though I hate it when the X-Men show up every place. But when the Guardians of the Galaxy show up every place, I think it's cool. So just want to throw that up the kid friendly version, because I don't think that the regular Guardians of the Galaxy book is necessarily uh, always the most appropriate for kids. Like I liked the uh, Black Vortex first issue. Um, I haven't read the next chapters yet, uh, but I have them. Uh, but, you know, it's always this kind of like a, oh, you know, is this appropriate for a kid? Who is going to want to buy it because everybody loves uh, Rocket? Uh, but uh, but definitely one based on the animated series is appropriate and a good way to get kids in. So we're happy with that. Go ahead. Next one, Nate. Next up, a book I have not yet read. Friend of the program, Eric Larson's book, Savage Dragon number 202. Excellent. Which... I actually don't have in my possession yet What? because of the switcheroo. I was going to Earth 2 Sherman Oaks. Now I'm going uh, to Earth 2 Northridge. Northridge does not order the book. They were getting it from the Sherman Oaks store. They would have had it today if I would have been able to get over there, but I did not. So I will have it either next Wednesday or sometime before next Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Uh, next for you, Rick. Okay, the next for me is is really uh, kind of epic because um, it's kind of like Haley's Comet, really, but maybe not not as long as Haley's Comet. We have did Doc Frankenstein come out? Nope, nope, but close. Uh, issue number four being the fifth issue of Lady Mechanica. Oh, I actually saw that on the stand, I, but I haven't read Lady McCann. The book, the so. book that comes out once a year <laughs> since 2010, um, starting with with the zero issue, um, and a reason why this is really noteworthy, aside from the fact that a lot of us, I think this, I think it's been more than a year since the last issue came out. Uh, one and two were relatively close together. Two and three were separated quite a bit. To be um, fair, did they promise any greater frequency? Uh, they make no promises in this book. And this guy, <laughs> okay, this, good. Uh, Joe Benet- Benitez, uh, is uh, very active in social media, and he's always putting out new drawings on his Facebook site. If you, if you friend or follow him, um, but uh, Lady Mechanica is is basically a steampunk cyborg, uh, amnesiac, doesn't know how she became how she became a cyborg. Uh, she's a bounty hunter, and she's also looking, of course, for the clues to her own existence, which she's kind of like a steampunk lady deathlock, um, which uh, only a lot curvier, a lot more attractive than deathlock is all over the. You know, so it's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, full panel shots of her in various corsets and cleavage, and uh, but a lot of cool guns and steampunky. Uh, machinations so along along with issue four the previous week uh, the collected editions were released again this is not the first time these have come out but for 3.99 you can pick up a single volume that has numbers zero and one and for 44.99 you can get issues two and three 
it's noteworthy because I mean, I was just on eBay. I was checking to see what the uh, value of the first editions of these are. And I think mm-hmm. a set of all five books, which is kind of cheating because the fifth one just came out. It's not worth that much. Uh, was going for around four hundred dollars. Wow! Yeah, and I I say this because I like to hurt myself. I thought my wife would enjoy the series when they came out. I bought the first editions of Zero and One and Two. And I, lo- I gave them to her to read, and we have no idea where they are now. So, would you would you pull out that phrase? I like to hurt myself and make it as a ringtone for me. <laughs> you <laughs> so do whatever the, you call, you that's do, what I'm going to hear. You do the same I like to thing. Hurt you do the same thing. <laughs> so, Lady Mechanica is I my, know. Uh, all five issues uh, at a reasonable price uh, available uh, should still be in the stores right now. Yeah, well, that's good. All right. Then I am going to pull out for myself the next, uh, the latest issue of Multiversity, uh, which is featuring Masterman, Masterman on the covers, Earth X, which is the Freedom Fighters versus a sort of a, a Nazi version of uh, of the Justice Society. Uh, so another take on uh, an old alternate Earth story. But I, as I open it up, uh, it is amusing that it begins with Hitler on the toilet. So um, <laughs> Grant Morrison knows who his audience is. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I have I have enjoyed every single issue of Multiversity so far, and it looks as intriguing as every other issue. So we're looking forward to that with Jim Lee doing the pencils. You might so, have to uh, either bleep this out or put the. Uh... Adult language warning, but can we say he was Schittler? <laughs> I think I don't I know, can, but I, I think we can let that run. We can let that run. Anyway, it's with Jim Lee, so that's very cool. And then the the uh, next issue is promising that it will be the Ultra Comics, which is uh, the comic book that takes place on our Earth, allegedly, or a version of our Earth. So. As they all are. Uh, next in your bag? Such a difficult decision. Make it. Let's go with an old favorite, shall we? How about Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man, Issue 10? This I'll book is still fantastic. It took me a, little, a couple seconds to figure out what the cover was. The yes, that is a nice cover. What is on the cover? Could you describe it? This is an audio podcast. It is agents of Hydra standing in formation that looks like the Hydra Hydra. It's basically oh. it's the Hydra uh, college uh, uh, orchestra, not orchestra band uh, on the field yeah. doing the Hydra. <laughs> there formation. you go. <laughs> hey, shout out to our drum and bugle corps listeners. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Of which we must have at least one. I know, actually, I do know we have at least one uh, listener who is a uh, Drum and Bugle Corps person. So, excellent. Rick, what's up? On well your... represented on the cover of Ultimate Spider-Man number 10. Excellent. Okay, I have three books in my hand, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to pick one of the two that I don't, because I think they're all worth noting. Um, but uh, I'm going to choose, because you probably didn't pick it up, Dark Horse Presents issue number seven. 
And I, I'm following up on, I think it was last, not last week, of course, but two weeks ago, I, I talked about issue number six. Yeah, you did. And I was talking about how it was a thinner book and less expensive and stuff. Well, this is, I, I picked it up and go, they're going back to the digest. What's going on with this? And if you look closely at the cover, it's issue seven slash 200. Because this is a book that has been re- um, re- renumbered re- renumbered at least three times so this is the 200th dark dark horse presents issue um it's as thick it's just about as thick as the ones they were doing before but only four dollars and 99 cents and it includes some amazing um amazing stuff in here they uh, you know they brought it's a there's a mike magnolia hellboy in here and uh, Sergio Aragones' Gru is in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was really expecting, but I didn't didn't see a a, a concrete story in here. But I was but um, highly highly recommend this book as always. But this issue in particular, because the value is just it's just it's just dripping with value. I'll, I'll accept that. Is there a mask story by any chance? Is it like uh, featuring? I did not those see a mask. Ca- there is a Dave. Uh, Dave Gibbons does contribute. Let's see who else: Gillian Flynn, Brennan McCarthy, Aaron Coley. Yeah, if you want to see fan favorites doing a little bit more experimental work, perhaps, or maybe more off the beaten path, um, you know, absolutely great, great value and. Uh, Okay, you're right. Though I did not, uh, I was not going to call that out. Um, I um, looking. Where did I put the rest of my stack? Ah, no. What I'm going to call out is probably not something you had on there, just because I normally eschew uh, crossovers, uh, multimedia crossovers here. But uh, I think we failed to notice that Vertigo released. is releasing in the middle of a miniseries for Fables, if you want to leap on and then also play a, a good game, is uh, Fables The Wolf Among Us is got the uh, second issue out, and I assume it will remain a limited series. As Fables, the regular series, is coming to its end, very close to issue 150, and then it's over. Uh, it's still very viable as a, as a property, and Telltale Games has a, a, a good, fun uh, video game available, so uh, I picked this up. I normally don't, but I thought, oh, this is cool because my uh, my uh, my teen daughter had played Wolf Among Us. So I thought, okay, another book that she can get into, and then I can get into it and maybe figure out how to play the Wolf Among Us. So thought that was worth bringing up. What did you not? What did I not call out? Okay, so possibly the greatest because co- I can feel your tension. The greatest, and I'm, and I'm thirty miles away. The Go greatest ahead. cover this week is Batman and Robin thirty nine which is basically a a recasting of Action Comics number 1 with Robin in the role of Superman Batman in the Batmobile he's lifting he's lifting it up yeah. it even has in the lower left and Alfred Alfred running away <laughs> and it's just exactly the same framing including the Alfred character is somebody who's holding his head as he runs away from the scene um this is just a great cover uh, i haven't read the issue yet but uh uh, they just uh, the these guys just continue to deliver. Uh, oh, the, I love the how they're playing with the Robin as the Damien as Superboy. It's it's hilarious. It's wonderful. And the other one, uh, was, and the other one was Secret Six, issue two. Is oh, it? you know what? I think it was sold out. I don't think I got to pick it up. I, it was it was as good or better than the first issue. 
Oh my gosh. And I would have called that out had I, had I picked it up. Yeah. So cool stuff. Excellent. Excellent week. So let's talk quickly about movies. Um, just a couple of casting things. I, we unfortunately, all of us have been too busy to not get to see Kingsman this week, which which was uh, clearly uh, a comic book, a graphic novel based movie that uh, had, I think did pretty well. I didn't do as well as Fifty Shades of Grey, but that's because we're not living in the right universe. Uh, but uh, it did it did do fairly well, and we've gotten a lot of great critical response. But instead, we're going to focus on a little bit of Marvel movie stuff, uh, which is that. Um, Deadpool is moving forward, you know, with gaining steam, and they have cast their, I don't know if you call her love interest, because I, I, I don't think that's fair with Deadpool, although it's possible from time to time, but cast in the uh, in the female lead in Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool from Fox is Marina Baccarin, who is currently Dr. Leslie Tompkins on Gotham. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, was on Firefly. So uh, I think it's a good choice. And she was the evil lizard queen, Anna, in the V remake as well. Uh, And Brian Singer tweeted out a cast member for X-Men Apocalypse, which is the character that I always want to see in an X-Men movie and have only gotten to see once, which is Nightcrawler. Cody Smith McPhee, who was the voice of Paranorman in that animated film. Uh, is playing the young Nightcrawler in X-Men Apocalypse. So by doing that, I suspect that essentially really kind of doesn't just rewrite and get rid of X3. It sort of gets rid of some of X2. But I guess that's the point, right? It's rebooting and trying to move forward with uh, with a younger cast that says we we don't know what their fates what their fates hold. Yeah. There so, was also a lot of nerd talk online about wanting this kid to play Peter Parker in the Marvel universe. Oh, one more reason for Fox to uh, be on the outs with Marvel then, if that's true. I, I had not heard that. Um, I was really not seeing any great names bandied around. And I'd still say the thing, because this always happens is if you want to see who the next Peter Parker is, my suspicion is start watching the Disney channel. <laughs> Or Nickelodeon, watch a sitcom and see, uh, you know, if you, I know they sometimes they hurt, but uh, but I suspect that that's where Peter Parker is going to come from. Somebody that has kind of a following already from uh, younger audiences that uh, are pretty savvy on social media. And I'm not suggesting it's Justin Bieber, but it could be. Uh, that's just to hurt everybody's souls. They listen. But I think that's where that's where it's going to come from. Because I can't think of any other actor that's young enough for what they claim they want to cast who has that kind of popularity in film right now. I'd like to see Bieber as, as a, uh, a villain. I think so. Let's cast him as the chameleon. Uh, cast him as the vulture. Uh, that's, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, let's move to TV because that's where the most stuff is. But I, I let's do a shout out because we, you know, if you look, if you go back and listen, it's almost like this bridging for Cinequest. Yes. Because next week Cinequest begins with Bad Kid Begins and many other things to go on. But a year ago, our hearts were stolen by a couple of different films. Uh, one of which was this magnificent uh, exploitation horror film called love in the time of monsters and it gets it's uh it's available on amazon instant video this week it's also available on dvd and blu-ray and we had uh we had matt jackson uh the director uh 
trying to think. Do we, we had the writer too. We had the writer and producer, Andy Gunn, and the and we had like and, five of them. There, there were a bunch of. You're right. There were a bunch of people on. Uh, we had a lot of the behind the scenes crew on uh, for Love in the Time of Monsters. It's a really fun. It's not for everybody, but it is a really really fun film. And there's proof again. You know that uh, you go to a film festival, you see a little movie, you think, oh man, that's great. I wish more people could see it. Well, they can. Uh, and it just takes some time, occasionally, to get a release deal. But uh, Matt and the gang were at. Uh, comic-con this last summer when so I knew the dvd was coming it's still just very exciting we want to call it out that uh, you can catch this cool um slasher bigfoot zombie and yeah with zombie squirrels uh movie so really fun and actually <laughs> for this kind of movie so much better acted than it needed to be oh yeah i still yeah. say that <laughs> you know it's like there's some really actually kind of powerful performances in there's there. some crazy uh, fun stuff in there including uh abe lincoln and um doug jones is abe lincoln yes and dancing, who is dancing for zombies and, yes yeah. i want to we can call out doug jones as abe lincoln because he's been announced as going to be death bolt on arrow wow so yeah uh so that's intriguing uh i just saw speaking of amazon and instant video that uh Amazon and the Croft brothers, Sid and Marty, are remaking Sigmund and the Sea Monsters for their next pilot season. Hopefully they're the, not going to go CG. I just want to see the big suits again. I know. I just want to see ridiculous puppets. Yeah. That's that's what's so charming about it. And you will be happy to note, uh, Rick, if you hadn't already, that uh, the reason I bought Amazon Prime this year so it was just in case this would happen. Man in the High Castle is going to series. Oh, there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to go to series. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Did they say when? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I have not seen when it's going to, but they had, did announce that they will develop further. That's great. Another news. one that you're going to love is that uh, it was announced this week that Dreadstar, I think this actually had come up, like the company had bought it, and, and it was rumored about a year ago, but Jim Starlin's Jim Dreadstar is being developed for TV. As animated? No, as a live-action series. Holy moly. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. Well, you know, and I think I'm going to go back to this Guardians of the Galaxy idea yeah. is that I think everybody's scrambling to see what do you have that has that feeling. Like Paramount, you know, as rumored to say for Star Trek Three, oh, we sort of have that, don't we? Only some, you know, <laughs> that's why Simon Pegg has been hired to to write the third uh, the third installment in the Star Trek reboot because they went, oh yeah, sometimes Star Trek is fun, and. <laughs> So it's like, duh. There was also a rumor last week, and I'm just going to movies, just back to movies a moment, that uh, Warner's looking at Legion of Superheroes because they think that's the closest they have to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. A Legion done straight would be pretty awesome. No, I, I'd love you, to see it. They I think just... that's the closest they have, not Green Lantern Corps? No, they've already blown they, Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, they need a distance. They're, they're dead. Green Lantern. No, they they need Justice dead. League to put it in. But I think they need something that feels completely separate from the rest of the DC universe on screen yeah. with the way that Guardians of the Galaxy does, you know, it does feel that way, even with Thanos in it, it's like, yeah, it's not really touching on anything else. So, um, anyway, I, I think it's really cool that Dread Star is coming. I don't think Dread Star is Guardians of the Galaxy in any way, shape or form, no, it's, it's, but it's it is awesomely, intriguing. epically more than Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it's just, uh, that's, it's, it's a big story and, um, man, I was, I, I was just such a fan of it. I've got. I still yeah. have the graphic novels. 
I have the graphic novels. I think I when they they went on with the ongoing series. I ended up Peter when Jim Starlin left. I can't you know and, and let other people carry it on. It lost its interest to me. But when Jim Starlin was doing it, oh yeah, it was just one of the most intriguing books around. So I'm very excited for Big that. Mysteries. Um, and, yeah. I, I we'll go to rumors before we start talking about the shows that we're all going for, you know nuts for. Uh, Daniel Cerrone, the producer, uh, create, uh, showrunner of Constantine, did tweet out today that even though it has not officially been renewed, they do have the cast under contract till mid-June, and uh, believes that a final uh, announcement of of what happened, what's going to happen to Constantine, will be made by the upfronts at the beginning of May, um, which I know is is kind of you know digging a little deep to t- talk about you know, how the TV business works, but NBC is looking to see what the rest of their pilots are going to be. But the key, again, is that NBC is also looking to see how many people are going to watch this on Hulu and how many people are watching are, are downloading it from uh, iTunes and how many people are watching it on Amazon Prime. Uh, and so um, – actually, I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime, but they're watching it on other, on, on other outlets because this is a, a still – it is still the Wild West – for networks that are trying to do business the old way and then they realize also it, what happens when they release Constantine in Europe because apparently that's why Hannibal keeps coming on it doesn't Hannibal the series doesn't do as well in the United States but it is insanely popular in Europe so they want to see if Constantine has the same thing and I'm two episodes behind on Constantine but the episode where they introduced Felix Faust I thought was a really good television adaptation of that villain and uh what people have told me is the last two episodes of Constantine are wild and what you were hoping for with that show. So I don't know for sure, but I've heard that uh, one that I've missed includes the black diamond. So if you have a season two, there will be Eclipso. And uh, the last episode has uh, Papa Midnight and Jim Corrigan. So they're still trying to build towards the specter and do a television version of all these dark justice, uh, or what are they calling it now? Um, Dark Universe, yeah, right? Yeah. Justice League Dark is becoming Dark Universe in the new in the Great 48. Uh, DC, you can have that. Anyway, Lucifer is going to pilot, and that's all we can say. I don't think there's been any casting, but they've gotten the order, and we're going to see at least somewhere, maybe at Comic-Con this summer, there will be a pilot for Lucifer, the great Vertigo series written by Mike Carey that spins off, that's the graphic novels spun off of, uh, Sandman, but I'm pretty sure that the television series will have nothing to do with Sandman, but still it's nice to see. So I love all these things and maybe if everybody's playing nicely, Lucifer and Constantine could cross over because they do sort of inhabit the same dark universe. For the Christmas Our, special. What? For the Christmas special. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, let's work on that or at least finish up the Constantine and Lucifer Christmas special. Exactly. Make it like the Star Wars Christmas special. It couldn't get scarier. So uh, you've also we've also seen and Rick brought up that there's a rumor that Jeremy Renner might be appearing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That we might need Hawkeye. We know that Lady Sif is coming back at some point, uh, but they want to, uh, again, tie S.H.I.E.L.D. back into the movie universe because truth of the matter is, we can't wait for the development of, of Inhumans, the movie, even though that's clearly what's being go, what's going on on Shield right now. When it comes back, because it is not back yet, because we still have one episode left of the incredibly kick-ass Agent Carter. I, I like Rick's note here. It says went nuts this week in a good way. It, it did though. It's truly that's the, I think that's one of the best ways you could describe that. So you had the Iron Man prototype. <laughs> I mean, just like yeah. Ah. Oh. So much good stuff. 
And and yeah, every- so so I'm I'm trying to remember where I'd heard this. Somebody had said something about the ringmaster. And no, he's not the ringmaster. No, but I know exactly you, who he is. If you think okay, so if you think about it though, his his mesmerizing power is kind of that way, and he does it by twisting his ring. I didn't know if, if somebody was playing with that or what. It's definitely not the 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 circus ringmaster, but who who do you think who is he? I mean, from the from is he from the comics? He's, yes, he's a Captain America villain, Doctor Faustus. He's Faustus. Huh. Yes, who doesn't look anything like Faustus, but that's but here's how I know he is because Chris Dingus wrote it very cleverly. Is that when they did the flashback when he first discovered that his voice alone can do it, can dull the pain of someone getting their leg being amputated? Right. When they call him, he's reading, and what is he reading? Faust. He's reading Doctor Faustus. Uh-huh. Yes. So, it, but a lot of people didn't notice that, and I've looked at a couple of reviews of the episode, and no one's called that out. Interesting. But. You know, or they say, oh, my money's still on it. He might be Dr. Faustus. I'm like, he is. They just told you he is, that he's gotten all his inspiration from Goethe. So, <laughs> it's, uh, so you know, that's who he is. It's, it's I, too I bad because I've always, I've always liked the way that Faustus looked in the books, the big red beard and the, you know, imposing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his design is nothing like it, except that they, when they showed him that, when they showed him in the flashback, I mean, he had, it was a cap, but it was shot for a moment to look like, like he had this big mane of hair. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, so you kind of had the outline of the character and I, I'd almost rather have them throw us for a loop like that just because not a lot of people do realize who, who Faustus is, but wasn't Faustus responsible for uh, Sharon Captain Carter America. shooting Captain yep. America? Death of Captain America. Yes. Yep. He, yeah. He yeah. and, uh, was it uh, the Red Skull the death or of, Aaron Zola? Yeah. Or was it all three of them? Um, but yeah, he... He he, uh, he, he was working with Red Skull on that. Yeah, he mesmerized Sharon Carter and she shot Cap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, the, so I, the thing about the Hawkeye rumor, though, um, I've heard the Hawkeye rumor a number of times, but I've never heard anyone talk about why it makes sense given the character they introduced late uh, mid-season, last season, of Bobby Are you kidding? I think, I think we talked about it, though. We, I mean, we did, it, but we didn't it talk should about make it. sense because of who she is. But I've been hearing this independent of that that information that, that they're, divor- they're a divorced couple, but and in the comics they're divorced, but they're semi-dating now. So um, the idea that, that they bring him into that where she is, they can, they can introduce that connection. So... That makes it makes perfect sense to me. I think the rumor is a great rumor. Oh, I, I'd love to see it. Yeah. So um, there we go. I I, I I loved Agent Carter, and then I think you're the only one, Rick. Unfortunately, because I oh. love the show, I think you're the only one who caught up on Flash this week. Yeah, because uh, we've we've seen tidbits of Ronnie Raymond, and then we found out that it was Ronnie Raymond's body being Firestorm with. Dr. Stein's uh, brain, and they finally had the um, the radiation-free nuclear explosion. <laughs> that was great. Well, why aren't we dead? Oh, there's no radiation. My suit, which just happens to have a Geiger counter built into it, uh, determines that we have no, no radiation in this area, and they find the two of them separated now. So, But they still have, and they, they're discovering that they have a connection. So they're really building it up like they... I was I was fearful they weren't going to go back to the core tenant of Firestorm, where these two guys ah. who don't like each other. They don't like each other. 
have to work together and have and have this connection uh knowing when one's in danger or else otherwise and we got clancy brown in the show now did you see that part oh no uh, he was on earlier okay so i mean he was on in an earlier episode but now he's after firestorm which makes sense because isn't he was first on because he was uh up he was against one plastique. of the other yeah yeah so no plastique was a captain adam villain i don't think she ever she might have fought firestorm but it, you know it is interesting because the uh, ronnie raymond's girlfriend on the show uh, or ex-girlfriend at least you know i i loved watching i watched two weeks ago with my son and when she uh when they did the little thing where they had the karaoke night because of course you got to remember grant gustin came from glee right so they, right they oh you can sing that... too yes i can <laughs> <laughs> Um, but when she said, you know, I love when watching it with a kid who figures out, um, that there's, that there, he doesn't have the words, oh, you got CW all over my superhero, but it's sort of there. Like she says, maybe we should be moving on. Maybe I should move on to someone else. And he's like, oh, she's going to like him. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, we had to say goodbye to Nate just a little bit early, but, um. We're reaching the end anyway. If uh, you are listening to us on iTunes, then you already know. But you can listen to us on iTunes. You can, and while you're there, please rate us, please subscribe to us, and please tell your friends. You can also listen to us on the Stitcher app, and you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you will also be able to uh, find if you listened and thought i'd like to get something that you we talked about on this podcast you can find it on the amazon link if you cannot find it at your local business first we do want to support the brick and mortar stores the local small businesses and as we've said many times we're starting to really include barnes and noble in that but at any rate uh you can go to the amazon link and purchase something through there and we get a small kickback and if you would just like to kick back to fanboy planet please take advantage of the PayPal link that is there as well. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, you just want to remind us you're out there. Are we doing a good job? Are we not? What would you like to hear us talk about? Please write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or tweet us at fanboyplanet or find our webpage, our our Facebook page, which is also fanboyplanet. And and if you're in the Bay Area or you're going to be in the Bay Area over the next two weeks, watch Planet. In the podcast, we'll be covering uh, Cinequest shows. We'll be trying to get the ones that you can. we'd recommend you catch on subsequent showings. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll try to do as much as we can from Cinequest as well. So that's our format may change up a little bit over the next couple of weeks, but it's still going to be very fun because Cinequest is one heck of a two-week party with all the things that we love. So uh, until that time and beyond, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use Use your your powers powers only only for for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. (laughs) (laughs) Fanboy.
Yes. Good to have you back. It's yeah. good to be back. Did you listen okay, to wait. did you listen to the last podcast? I did. Did you like the But opening? you probably weren't asking me. I did not. I thought well, it was Doctor Who heavy. The the opening I thought was particularly fun. I opened with Dan Starkey. No, I know that, but that okay. doesn't mean anything to Nate. Okay. <laughs> I said I, I I'll listen to it right now. I did listen. But I'm, we I'm put thinking... our tag at the beginning. So what do you call that one? It's not a That's a pre tag. <laughs> no, I think that was wise. So after the that, bumper, everybody... yeah, because yeah. I okay. after, after I listened to it, I'm like, well, I, I can't put him. I really couldn't put him earlier in in it, but I wanted to tease him early. So, and we yeah, we hadn't uh, said anything right in the in the beginning of the podcast about who we were going to get because we didn't know who we were going to get. So right, right. No, I think it was the right choice. I just thought it was funny. I was going, no, you know, that's true, because then there are people who go, oh, we must stay and listen to the rest of it. You know, exactly. I think yeah. I think we might want to. I'm gonna look for opportunities to do that again. Maybe even like excerpt something from later in the podcast at the beginning. You know. We have uh, Sean Makowitz saying, "Use your powers only for good." We do. Who's Sha- Who's Sean Makowitz? The editor of all of the Skybound books, uh, Walking Dead, Invincible, etc. When you say we, you mean you on your phone. Oh, I sent it to you. Oh, okay. I think he says it at the very end of the Comic-Con uh, Comic Con interview I did with him. Okay. I asked him to say it. I, I, yeah, I could... Uh, Last year's Comic-Con. Yes. I've probably still got the files for that. If you don't, I probably have it somewhere. Oh. Was it called Nerd Melt with Jonah and Kumail on... Comedy Central, or it might oh. have just been Meltdown with with Jonah and Camille. That they did that out of the back of the shop. Okay. And they used to show like people walking in, and you could see the front is the comic book store, and then people would be walking in. And it was oh, it's a huge comic shop. Yeah, it's huge. I need to get it's... down to L.A. other than just Disneyland and the Airport Marriott. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I, I need to go to Universal Studios. I need to. Uh, there you go. Um, not right now, though. I can just say that because no? while they're building Wizarding World of Harry Potter, it's cramped no. and sucks. Like they really, it's just like they blocked off so much. You're going down narrow aisles as if you're really already in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Only there's nothing to look at. It's just wood walls to say coming soon. Fun. <laughs> Someday you will enjoy yourself here. Perhaps not yeah. today. <laughs> no, totally. It is, you know, is when I took the kids this summer, they for no charge extra, they would get they gave me uh, they let me do an annual pass. So with the kids it was like a little bit crowded, but I went back again a, a couple months ago and it was just like, yeah, it's just it probably had half as many people, but it felt like twice as many because oh. their construction is so ugly and so in the way, you know. It's not a good place to have built a park. Well, bite your tongue. No, no, they just don't have room to grow. That's the thing, you know. That's why Florida is supposed to be a really cool place because it's, it's it, not cool. It's humid and hot. Well, I mean, that's not what I meant, but you know, and, and um, a lot of that grant, a lot of that space is marshland. Literally, 
as you're driving between the parks, there's like marshes. Oh, I'm sure. Sides. But who drives in between? <laughs> you know, I know it's. Uh, but I'll still try to go someday. Um, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of movie stuff, but there's uh, so much other. Okay, Wait, anything? Uh, any other TV stuff that's coming up? I've got a feeling something something premieres next week. Um, I'm not sure if it's anything. Shield. No, no, I'm sorry. Agent no, Carter has one one more episode, um, and that's the only show I'm caught up on. Uh, being... Yeah, me too. I'm one behind on Gotham. I'm five behind on the Flash. Oh my God, Flash has been yeah. really good lately. I know. And Agent Carter's that last episode was awesome. Yeah. That was amazing, and that was written by Chris Dingus. Yes. Did you see my tweet to Chris Dingus? No. So the first episode of Agent Carter, it said executive produced executive right. producer chris dingus and i i sent him a tweet and i said uh is this you real dingus or is it some fake dingus and he responded <laughs> nope that's me that's oh funny. the odd couple starts next week that's what i was saying yeah not a big deal it might be okay i'm i'm looking forward have... to it i think i think uh what's his name um chandler bing no, not the 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 other one. Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon. Officer Dangle. Thomas Lennon. Uh, I think he has potential to be a great Felix Unger. Um, I don't. I guess I, my problem really is funny. I think so would Matthew Perry. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, so. You think Matthew Perry make a great Felix Unger? I mean, yeah. I mean, that was my. I when think they that's why I have I have too much trouble with him um, being uh, Oscar. Oscar Madison. Yeah, it's like they cast two actors with personas of being Felix, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't so, you can't really turn him into that much of a an Oscar by, with two days yeah, growth of beard. That's about all they've done. It's the not so odd couple. He needs to um, have a big stain on his shirt, and he can do that. Mismatched do that. socks. All right. Um, so yeah, it won't be much movie stuff, but I think that's okay because we've got so much else to do, and I really. You know, if we can try to clock in it under an hour, I would really appreciate it because I just I have a ton of stuff to get done tonight. Okay. So, did Walking Dead start again, Nate? Oh yes. So you oh, caught yes, up on that. Did. I didn't. I didn't. I, I haven't watched it. Oh, you will be heartbroken. I was heartbroken at the end of the last season. Yeah. Or the la the season break. Are you adding stuff to movies right now, Derek? Uh, that's uh, the only thing I had were the two casting things. Is there something else you want to throw in? No, I was just seeing it pop up on the screen. No, yeah, it's the, mostly it's the uh, Hawkeye um, rumor for Shield is kind of a crossover to movies, but um, yeah. <clears throat> How solid is it as a rumor? I, I've heard I've heard it from a couple of different sources, but. It's kind of when you look at when you look at um, Bobby Blake being on on uh, Shield, or yeah, Bobby Morse, um, Bobby Morse being on Shield. You kind of go, well, that's a natural one, you know. That yeah, but this is saying is when you Jeremy hear these, there's a lot of wish fulfillment, and I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, because for that matter, we've heard you know Robert Downey Jr. say he'd want to be on uh, Shield too, but, but you I know who knows? But they 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 kept Sam. Samuel L. Jackson from us for a while. Yeah, but I think that I think that uh, the Renner is about the level you would want to dip the All Star cast into the TV show. You know. Yeah. He's kind of they the can, low man on that totem pole. 
and they can get away with his with his abilities. Yeah. On the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Lady Sif will be coming back. Okay. They they've said that they have confirmed that's true. So. Oh, along those uh-huh. lines, we definitely got confirmation on someone who Thor is not this this week. All right, Thor is not. Do I'll save it? Okay, sounds good. Okay. All right, let's start. All right. Thor is not Thor. Doctor Donald Blake. Thor is not. That, that is true. Nate, I'm ready when you point to me. In three, two, one. Oh, listen up, fanboy! Until that time and beyond, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your, use your powers, powers only for, for good. good. That was okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like the internet broke up on that, but that's all right. Um, all right. Let's try it again. Let's. Uh, all right. All right. One, two, three. Use, Use your, your powers, powers only, only for, for good. good. I think our pacing is just a little different, huh? but that was fine. Yeah, your voice was cutting out on on my side, oh, which I, has nothing to do with. Okay. Your voice is just. It's the, it's you're getting the loop post mix. So oh. as long as as long as I hear both sides were golden and they okay. were you were just you were lagging me just a little bit, which probably means that the internet is um is just uh is lagging to you. Yeah, I was trying to match you. Yeah. So what I was hearing. So. No, I, I believe I can not fix this later. No, I can probably I might be able to fix this. Yeah, I can fix this. It's all right. Yeah. Okay. It's live, baby. So anyway, uh I don't think let me see if